Well, let's go for it. Mm. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks this chance to uh, experience you. We give you thanks this chance to hear from you. Uh, we give you thanks this chance to grow. May we be good stewards of the task that we have at hand. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Good Amen. evening, friends, and welcome uh, to another fun-filled edition of Scripture Talk. Um, I am uh, Pastor Trey Comstock. With me, as ever, is Go Stacy. Brother Stacy Tyler. Uh, go Brandy. Sister Brandy Dudley. And go Scott. Pastor Sky Ketchup. Uh, and this is our show where we, as the title implies, talk about scripture. Uh, particularly, we look mm-hmm. at, uh, yeah, sure, go figure. It's called Scripture sure. Talk. Uh, where we look at the scripture for the week that we'll be preaching on um, this week and try to see uh, what God has for us in it uh, and try to not uh, try to dig past ju- not just what the words say, but try to get at uh, the meanings and the histories and, and the whatever else bubbles up. And so our scripture this week is uh, Romans uh, chapter 12, verses 3 through 21. It is kind of, in some ways, where Romans is building to. Um, as far as Paul is concerned. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in chilfulness. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with the one who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen for that. Nope. So, Amen. Paul has spent, in, in some ways, spent the first 11 chapters of Romans laying out a very long argument about where Gentiles and Jews together belong in Christianity. And it builds, it, it builds to uh, both uh, Jews and Gentiles um, have sins and fall short in God's eyes in different ways. Um, uh, Jews for not following the law, uh, Gentiles for being trash fires. Um, <laughs> just absolute. Read Romans one through three. It's just the you know they're awful. Um, they're both, but both are a problem. 
Um, and they both come to a connection in God in a slightly different way. Uh, Jews, because they, in the end, they are God's people. Uh, Gentiles, because we get graf- grafted onto the tree that is not rightly ours um, via what Christ does. And now here in chapter 12, he, he Paul, um, switches modes. No longer is he explaining why Gentiles belong and how Jews belong. Now we are shifting to a mode of, okay, you belong. How are you to live? What are you to do? What, how is this supposed to affect your behavior? How do I live in light of being a part of God's family? What is the code of behavior for this family? And it essentially boils down to, this is a team sport. Live like it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, understand that not everyone's going to look like you. Not everyone's going to act like you. Not everyone's going to have the abilities you have. Doesn't matter. We need all of it. Um, and when you have a choice, but when you come to the fork in the road, always choose the more loving thing. Right. Uh, you have an enemy. You have a choice. You can seek vengeance or you can love your enemy. Choose the more loving choice. You come uh, to a fork in the road. You can hang out only with rich people or you can hang out with all people. What is the more loving choice? Uh, it, it, is, it comes down to, it is another one. If the theme running through Summer of Rock is, okay, we believe these things. These beliefs should impact your behavior. Paul is laying out clearly it should impact your behavior and the way in which it should impact behavior is that you should live as if you're on a team and that we're all in this together. Right. I, I love that this points out exactly what you're saying, all these different aspects of how the team works together and the different gifts that we have. And he prefaces all of this with reminding everybody to be humble, you know, that, you know, we all, should exercise spiritual gifts in the body of Christ, but, you know, remember humility, you know, because just because someone has a certain spiritual gift or maybe even substantial spiritual gifts is not the same as necessarily being spiritually mature or even a worthy example. And so that we should all even keep our own selves in check when operating, because just because we may have certain gifts, doesn't even mean that we ourselves are operating in spiritual maturity in that. And so we, as you said, need to operate together and always choose the loving path as we do so. Yeah, there is no I in team. It's it's we in this together. And when we come together to work for Christ and the kingdom, we can do great things. And we don't need to have a jealousy streak. If I have the gift of prophecy and I want your gift of tongues, I want your gift of teaching, trade, I shouldn't be like that. We should all be thankful we have blessed with many gifts to do the work of God and not be, hey, I, I want what he wants or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. But I actually, th- I think that cuts two ways, right? One of the ways is don't be jealous of what someone else has, but also don't undervalue what someone else has just because you don't have it. Right. Right. This right. is, this is, you know, this is Roman, the Roman church doesn't necessarily fall into this. The Corinthians church certainly does. Right. The Corinthian church gets really into speaking in tongues and has decided that that is the, you know, cause this isn't Paul's only list of spiritual gifts. Notice no. it's also different than the list um, yeah. in uh, Corinthians. And so don't get too precise on what the list and nothing, you know, one of these things that, that uh, happens in biblical scholarship, like these are the spiritual gifts. The lists don't match. 
This is not an all-inclusive list. This mm-hmm. is a smattering of important gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things the Corinthian church gets really into in um, is we speak in tongues, therefore that is the most important gift. And if you uh, can't speak in tongues, you are not uh, uh, spiritually gifted. And Paul says, no, no. no. not nope not how this works um and one of, and this is this is where corinthians 13 the thing that gets read at weddings love is patient love is kind he's not happy when he says that he's mad right it's not a good wedding verse because what he's reminding them is you're so into tongues okay great but you're being so into tongues means you are not being particularly loving and so you have failed at the actual point of all this you have reached a fork in the road and you have not made more loving choice and in this whole idea of spiritual gifts in the Greek, the charismata is really, you know, a gift of grace. It's something that's given without any kind of merit. So it's not like anybody has really earned it in the first place. It is literally like salvation, a gift that is given without having earned anything. So not really, as Paul would say, anything that anyone should boast about. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, going back to uh, what we were talking about uh with uh, people's gifts, you know, like when somebody like is jealous of somebody else's like abilities or something, say, uh, you know, guys like, oh, well, he just thinks he's something because he knows how to weld. He's just showing off, you know, like or, or something like that. You know, it's just just showing it shows complete ignorance because, well, you can't weld. And what can you do? Yeah. That, that's a I mean, gift. Look, there, you know, you don't stop to certain- look at what your gift is. There are certainly spiritual gifts I wish I had, and I do not, right? Uh, right. I, I wish I was good. You know, I, I have to pray in public a lot. I wish I was good at it, right? I'm not particularly good at it. Not my gift. Um, I, you know, I, I do okay. You know, I, I wish I was a musician. Um, always have uh, because I, I love I being, love being around the music and I love being a part of making that music happen. And, and so that has always been very meaningful for me. But as I demonstrated on Sunday, I'm not a musician um, and and I'm not going to be one. And so there are certainly gifts I wish that I had. And, and I think some of it is also, I got, I got caught in the, like the gifts that people value and the gifts that people don't for a while. Wasn't sure I had a gift um, that mattered in the life of the church. Now I've at least come to the conclusion that's not true is I spent my whole life doing it, but I, 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 I am very sensitive to, we need to cast a wide net. Some of what I think is being said here, um, this isn't just like the thing I like, but some of what's being said here is cast that net wide. Don't get so obsessed with one, you know, is the way like if you grow up in worship art circles, the only thing they care about is music. It's all musicians. And the only thing they care about is music. Um, they now care about the techies. They didn't used to, but one of the <laughs> gifts of COVID is they care about the techies now. Um, but they didn't care about anyone who could talk. They just figured, oh, everyone can talk. No, A, no, you mm. can't. Um, and it's offensive that you think you can. Um, so, ca- but you know, some of it is we're all in this together and cast the net wide of what's valuable. Because I think Paul, what Paul gets at here and in, and in the list of gifts in Corinthians is uh, be inclusive, not exclusive. Well, a perfect example of that, guys, is, you know, there's all four of, out of all four of us here, three of you guys are scholars are at least very well versed in the bible and you speak eloquent and everything me on the other hand i'm 
I, I wish I could have that ability that y'all have, but it doesn't mean that I don't bring something to this podcast Correct. that's not Absolutely. important. Yes, Absolutely. Now you asked some of the good questions that take us in into certain directions of perspective that is coming from people who aren't as versed in it that makes it interesting for the listeners. And right, and, and, I like. I feel like I represent the ordinary person in this, sure. uh, this podcast. And that, and, and, and as we've said often, like that's valuable. That is, you know, being, being a per- perceptive every man is, is a valuable gift. We need te- teachers. We need uh, people who have stared at this for a long time because there, there's a lot to be gleaned from scripture not just off the cuff, right? You can do, if you have a whole world filled only with people who come to scripture off the cuff, you can do some real damage, right? Okay. You can do some just horrendous damage, but you also still need to strike that balance. Yeah, absolutely. That's the point Paul Paul's making here. You know, these uh, different gifts have to work together. You know, you know, teaching, you know, it's, uh, if you just have uh, teaching and, and not exhortation, you know, teaching is the giving of instruction. Exhortation mm-hmm. in a lot of ways is encouraging people to put into practice what they've been taught. Well, if all you have is the teaching and no exhortation, eventually you may just end up with a bunch of fat sheep because no one's encouraging to take what they've learned and go out and put it into Christian action. And so uh, it's the exhortation that encourages them to get out and put into action what has been taught. Right. And the re- and the reason why twofold or what, why Trey put me here was, you know, uh, uh, out from behind the uh, producers deal and back in front of the camera is not only am I like participating, but I'm learning at the same time. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And, and, and that's good for me is to sit here and learn from like, you know, three of what I consider my four, my three of my four mentors in my walk with Christ and, and as, as well as participating. Well, but I think even this list talks speaks to that, right? So you have exhorter and compassionate and the compassionate on the same list, right? Mm-hmm. Well, exhorters are not particularly compassionate generally speaking. No, they're, they're, no, not. They're, not. they're not. They're not. Uh, it's, it's why it's really easy to be a traveling preacher and really hard to be a church pastor, right? Because traveling preacher can show up and say whatever, and they don't got to pick up the pieces. Um, you know, n- there's nothing easier than doing a one-off sermon for a group of people you're never going to see again. Mm-hmm. Um, the harder piece is to, that long-term compassionate, right? Uh, and so you see like a balance, you can't just have a church full of exhorters. Everyone would leave because that's awful and painful. And, and, and there are awful pain, painful things and we need to be, you know, prodded along. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but you need someone to come in and like heal the wounds um, and care for the people and help them process that in a healthy manner. And so you have the compassionate, uh, but you can't also just have the compassionate, right? Because then that is, um, you know, that is a place where I also think we've fallen down at times where we became too nice. Um, and, and you know, certainly John Wesley would think we all became too nice. Um, <laughs> the bleeding hearts syndrome. Right. And, and like, you need that. You need people who are compassionate, who care for the sheep, but you, 
you also need to get the sheep to go somewhere. Um, it is not just enough for the sheep to, as Scott put it, become fat sheep, right? Like it's not enough for that. Mm. Uh, in the end, we are called to be exhorted to something, uh, but you need someone to pick up the pieces, right? Like as you see that balance of gifts here, even in this list, um, that all are needed um, and no one is more valuable than the other, uh, even if we artificially place those values, God does not place those values. Again, it comes down to as as you are as you are approaching your relationship with another, and as you are approaching your relationship with to someone else's gifts and ability and value in the kingdom, what nine through twenty one this like list of actions boils down to is. Look at the situation, which is more loving, right? Yeah. Which, which, choice, which choice brings more love? Which choice uh, does less evil? Which choice produ- produces more good? Make that choice. Right. And, you know, I, I, what sticks out to me in, the, in these verses is, especially 19 through 21, where it talks about vengeance and everything mm-hmm. and, and avoiding that. And I, I think a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of fights and a lot of strife and stuff today, especially see it out in the stores and everything and people getting into it and everything is when somebody pisses you off, you know, just kind of look at them and like, I'm above you. And that, that's going to like, not only like put you in a better place, it's not you're only going to avoid uh, an escalated thing, possibly jail time and all that. But you know what? You're you're going to actually like you're setting an example, a Christian example, to the rest of the people around you. And and not only that, you're getting their goat even more because they're going, why isn't he retaliating back? What's Kill going on here? Kills yeah. them with kindness. That's what you do. Kill exactly. 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 You know, uh, that's kind of my breakdown to that 19 through 21 is kill them with kindness. Well, you know, it, it starts off there. Let, let your love be without hypocrisy. You know, it's one of the uh, biggest stones tossed at the church often. It's full of hypocrites, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, well, yes. And there's room for more, one more. Come on. Yeah, come on. Uh, but, yeah. uh, you know, but in, in some ways it, it's true. And, and that's what this is talking about how, you know, a lot of what, christian community as a whole not one in particular uh calls with love is tarnished with hypocrisy you know they, they're really good at abhorring what they view as evil but they're lacking on clinging to what is good and, and paul here is saying you have to have both you yes you abhor the evil but you have to cling what is good which means this love has to cover all of that and so you don't just you know oh my gosh this is horrible you're going to hell for that you have to have that love tempering all of this and that's what jesus did and you you see that in the way he dealt with things even when situations come up that he rightfully could judge against he looked at it and when love was the softer way and would bring the greater change in the person that's what he operated out of and the love brought the conviction in the person's heart that was needed without him having to be condemning and it brought a greater change than in it would have if he was as condemning as 
oftentimes the religious leaders of his day were being. And so often we as a Christian community have taken the role of the religious leaders in trying to be condemning as opposed to the role of Jesus in letting the love and the Holy Spirit bring the conviction that brings the deeper change. Yeah, but we've also I, I often failed to take the log out of our own eye first, right? The, yeah. This idea uh-huh. of like, um, because like, especially in 20, 20th and 21st century American culture, 19 through 21 should deeply disturb us because yeah. we live in a really violent culture that teaches things like if someone hits you, hit them back. No, nope, not what that says. What that said is don't seek vengeance, right? And we, and, and, and I wish, you know, I wish it was just, you know, secular communities that teach that, but no, like, yeah, I, I, I hear it within the church. I'll make sure if someone hits you, hit them back. No, not what the Bible teaches, not what's happening here. And that doesn't mean that, that maybe violence is never called for. Um, uh, although the standard for where violence is called for is very high. Um, but if, if you are doing violence in a way that is vengeance seeking, that is for you and is not to protect or save another, you have failed to meet the standard of the scripture. And like that should leave us all a little uncomfortable because that's not how even in Christian communities, these sorts of things get, we love to ignore this stuff uh, because it's incredibly inconvenient. You just want to hit the guy. Still no, still no. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Now again, mm-hmm. you are protecting and saving the life of another. That's a different and, and, and much, in some ways, much more interesting moral conversation. Uh, this one, there's pretty clear scripture. You do not seek vengeance, period, even when you want to. Right, that is yeah. a characteristic that we have to understand that it doesn't change overnight. If you're that type of person that just want to just cut everybody you see, if they look at you wrong, that, that trait's not going to disappear overnight. This is where you have to really lean and depend on the Lord, turn your eyes upon Jesus, and let him teach you how to love the way that he loved us first. Because any other person, I would, you know, something be like, oh, you stole my cheese, I'm going to kill you. That's, that's the kind of thing that they do. But it takes some practice and it takes discipline to that part where it says, feed your enemy when he's hungry. That's a hard thing to do. You want to see him starve to death, but the Christ way is give him a piece of bread and some water and, and love him anyway, even if you don't love you back. It's hard. Right. I mean, that's part it, of what's so radical. Go ahead, go ahead, Scott. I, I was going to say, yeah, you, you're right. It's, it's very hard. Um, uh, violence is not for saving face. You know, we, we, we often have this, this idea of, you know, well, you know, I'm only going to give respect if I'm respected or you're not going to talk to me any old way, mm-hmm. you know, but as a Christian, that isn't our attitude. That is not oh. supposed to be our attitude. Not. Uh, and, and that is where we, we in many times fail and aren't living up to this scripture. And that's why our love is filled with hypocrisy. Uh, you know, the, the idea that respect has to be earned is 
was actually said for the individual, for me to have respect, I am supposed to earn it. Not that somebody has to earn mine. My respect is supposed to be freely given, like my love is supposed to be freely given as Jesus did. I am supposed to be on the working end to earn the respect of others in the way my actions are. And, and I have to say, you know, I have failed in many times on reacting to how people uh, speak to me and stuff like that. And that is the journey that we are on of how what Paul is here is saying that we are supposed to be doing is this filled with love. And this is a, a hard thing. You're, you're right. This should bring conviction to us and our walk of if we look at this list of what we're supposed to be, this is how we should be not lagging in diligence and fervent in our spirit and service to God. And what's, and, and what's interesting is, so I have, uh, I've lived in, a, I've lived in a broad swath of the country, right? I, I, um, lived East coast, West coast, South coast, rural, urban, suburban, I, I, I've run the gamut, right? Um, but I've spent a lot of my life in the Bible belt and you would like, one of the things that I, reminds me that the Bible belt doesn't always have it together the way we think we do is this kind of scripture um, where I look at how often in Bible belt communities, people are talking about if someone hits you, hit them back. You're going to, you got to earn my respect. You got to, you know, I, I'm going to, you know, someone comes at me, I'm going to give it to them. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like where we can't just take for granted. We live in a quote unquote, Christian society or we live in the more quote unquote Christian or God fearing part of the country. And we're going to plaster our, I was at trade days this weekend. And so we can plaster our walls with faith, love, hope all day long, right? We can paint Bible verses on our walls. We can wear cute shirts that say Bible stuff. Right. But are we living it right? Uh-huh. Do not take for granted right. that like that, that just because we have grown up surrounded by people who are Christians means that somehow we are living right. Uh, We still need to fundamentally look at ourselves and look at our culture and say, Hey, if we claim all of these things, if we we claim a big mantle, right? uh, Are we living up to it? And, and, and too often I, I have seen us as a culture fall short of that to continue to teach vengeance because we just we we get mad and we hit people and we get mad and we shoot people and we Mm -hmm. you know get mad and we tear families apart uh the amount of like pastoral counseling i do where i just have to like hold my head in my hands and go why who cares if they're right or not i don't who 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 cares who cares if they're wrong exactly what how is this the okay they're they're wrong you're right congratulations you win the cookie yeah yeah I tell them what they've won, you know, yeah. Nothing. So so essentially then this is a command that Christians should not have a cold standoffish attitude and should just be a call to simple good manners among Christians toward themselves and non-Christians. I mean, so good manners is a start, but, but, (laughs) but but more than that, (laughs) but, but the problem with manners is manners don't hit the heart. Right? right, like this is this is a call to genuine love. This is not a call to be nice to people. Yeah. Um, th- this isn't a, a call to quiet verbal assassinations uh, rather than brutal <laughs> physical assassinations. Yeah. Um, you know, the 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 law of man takes care of the don't murder people thing. Right. Um, yeah. Not just the ten commandments. So this is truly being this is affectionate calling, to one it, another. Yeah. 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 Care. yeah. 
right? And, and even to those, even to those um, that wish you ill, right? That it's not enough to say, you know, and Jesus lays this out pretty plainly. We just don't like hearing about it, right? You know, uh, it's not enough. This is in the Sermon on the Mount, I think. Um, yeah, it it's is. not enough to, to, to you know, <laughs> love those who love you and, and, and hate those who hate you. Even the, even the demons, I think it's even the demons do that, right? Um, you know, you have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I say no. You know, love your family member and love your enemy, Uh and that, yeah, that's, and then that flows into turn the other cheek. And we just don't, we don't want to hear it, right? Because we, we feel that anger well up in, up in science and we feel righteous because this person's clearly wrong. Great. Congratulations. Right. Nothing. Well, yeah. It's like you, that Facebook post with Jesus on the, on the mount talking to those people. And he's telling that part, you know, love your enemies, do good, they persecute you. And somebody said, well, what about Johnny? He goes, what did I just say? You know? Right. Love right. everybody. Right. <laughs> right. And, and you know, this is something that uh, probably all of us, I struggle with the worst. Uh, I mean, I used to, so, so I grew up um, with one of those, those fathers that, um, that boy, that boy, you, you get in a fight with him. Did, did you win? No. Then you get back out there and you whoop sure, that yeah. boy it's br- and it's, don't it's come common. back until you yeah. whoop him or I'm yeah. going to whoop you. Ooh, right. Yeah, and and for years that's what was pushed on to me, and and then it, it grew when I got into my like twenties and thirties. Had so much of that anger built up in me. It was like, like guys, I I used I sat at a at a gas station once, and the guy just looked at me wrong, and I commenced to beating him with the hose of the, of the gas thing. I mean, just for him looking at me wrong, and, well, you know, I, I look back yeah. at that now and I go, what the, what the yeah, what, uh-huh. what's going on there? But like, look, I am, I am by my nature a fighter, always have been, right? Um, but one of the things I've had to learn too on my Christian walk is understanding what is worth fighting for and when it is worth fighting for, right? Um, and, and that doesn't mean never fight, right? Jesus flips tables in the temple, right? You know, Paul yells at the Galatians, yells at the Corinthians, right? It's not never fight. It is, why do you fight? Mm-hmm. And if the fight is to get vengeance, then you have failed. If the fight is to build a better world, if the fight is to protect the vulnerable, um, if the fight is on behalf of God when you have been called to, yeah, then by all means, fight. I mean, look, um, sometimes uh, being a cage fighter in, in a world of doves is really handy. Um, I can win fights uh, that need to get won because no one's ready for me. Um, <laughs> and I just, you know, I, I, I you know, I, again, I, 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 you know, I, I'm more of a fighter with words at this point in my life, but I, I trained in debate, right? I am an actual fighter with words. Um, yeah. Yep. It's the fact that, you know, as Jesus called his followers to do more, Paul is reminding us that as Christians, that's what we're called to, you know, uh, here in 14, bless those who persecute you, Yep. bless and don't curse. You know, or the reminder back there in Matthew, as you were saying, if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Don't even the tax collectors do the same. You know, there he's you know laughing about the you know IRS and those who take taxes. They do the same as that. You should be able to do even more. And, and, and so that's what this is calling us to: is that remembering, if you're my followers, you should be doing more than what everybody else is doing. Or if you're media, 
Or if you're seeing, look, you know, I, I have done. <laughs> but even like, I have not, I did not, I've yet to firebomb their office, right? I have yet to seek vengeance on Zito Media. And part of what makes me, why I get mad at Zito and probably madder than I should is to me, they're hurting y'all, right? It's not just that they are hurting me, they're hurting y'all. And y'all are who I'm here to fight for. Um, but this verse is also reminds me of like, so one of the things you talk about, I talk about in marriage counseling and that good marriage counseling should is that like marriage should be the laboratory where you learn how to love your neighbor, right? Because you are, you know, trapped in close with this person. Um, and you got to figure out how to make it work, whatever. Um, and in being married is one of the ways I had to learn, um, how, how, and when to use my debate skills and when to not to, Right. Because like, if my, if, if, if my skill is winning verbal arguments, um, that's a really quick way to ruin a marriage. Right. Um, I had this moment early in my relationship with Sydney. He was like, Oh yeah, I can't try to win this. Can I? No. Um, because that would be for me, not, you know, uh, for the good of the world. Um, and so it's called called pick and choose your battles. Right. (laughs) But also, yes. And, this also gives us the metric by which we choose the battles. Mm-hmm. And the battles is, are you fighting in a way that's going to bring more love into the world or take love out of the world? Right. And if you're fighting to take love out of the world, you are in the wrong, period. The rest of it is just excuse making. And that's why I brought up Zito Media was like, and like you eloquently put, I'm trying to like, I get mad because it's taking away from us it's taking away from the ability for you, you to, uh, to preach um, versus like, oh, it just because they, they suck. You know, you're, you're not, it's not coming from a, a, a hateful part of your heart. It's coming from a frustrated, hey, look, I'm trying to do something for the Lord well, here. It's the, you are, and, you are, you are, uh, you are overcharging God and under delivering, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I, what am I, again, there are things like, just make sure who you're fighting for. I, I, I once got to shake down a flooring contractor. It's one of my more fun moments of ministry uh, where being the cage fighter that no one expects um, comes in handy is that we had, we were building this building and, and not the one we're on now. This is no one in Palestine. This is long before I got here. Um, and uh, my uh, trustee chair was a dove. The guy who ran the building team was an absolute dove, beautiful human, um, just wanted to love people. Uh, and he brought me into this meeting and I'm like, why am I in this meeting with a flooring contractor? Uh, what do you need me for? And it was very clear that I needed to put the screws on this guy uh, because, because he, this guy, you know, my trustee's chair was not going to do that. Uh, and so uh, my trustee's chair extrudes himself to the bathroom. I'm like, look, I can find another flooring contractor if you need me to, or you're going to come down the 1500 bucks like you promised us. You're going to do it or not? And guess what? He uh, signed that contract. We got that money back. Um, there you go. And so I put the screws on him. I absolutely put the screws on him. I actually did. I absolutely did violence, right? I didn't yell at him, um, but I threatened him. Um, I threatened him financially, essentially. Um, you probably gave him that look that you better do it or else. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I can be scary when I need to. It's just uh-huh. when and why, right? That was um, on behalf of the church uh, because this guy was trying to rip us off, trying to take us for a ride, and I'm not going to let y'all, I'm not going to let someone do that. Uh, but the again, this, this comes back to not, this is not about being a pushover. Um, this is not about never fighting for something, right? This is not necessarily a pitch for pacifism. Um, 
but this is a this is a pitch for never fight on behalf of you. Mm-hmm. Always yeah. fight. If you're Choosing fight, fight the battles. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, so that's, that's probably as good a place as any to, to bring this show in for a landing. Um, if you have comments, please, please, please uh, share them. Uh, post them on Facebook, on YouTube, over on our website, uh, palestinegrace.com slash video. You can email us, gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. Like an audio-only version of this show, it is available after the fact. Just search Scripture Talk by Grace Church in your podcatcher of choice. Um, and with that, go in peace, love, and serve the Lord. And remember... Fear not. Stay well. God is is with us. Amen. Can y'all hear the music? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm paranoid now. No, we're good. We're good. Elliot, it's my friend. It's my friend. He's a jerk. No, he's not. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's my friend. Oh, uh, Elliot. I'm surprised he made it.